This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. Everybody, we're back. Yeah, it's been a bit. That was kind of tender. It was very tender. I I probably won't be able to put it in there because it's probably so low that no one will be able to hear it. But that's okay. Oh, whatever. Yeah. No one said anything ever about me being quiet. That is true. Always so loud. So loud you are. (laughs) Rude. Gotcha. Rude. Welcome to another board games edition of the MFG cast. This episode, we are going to be talking about, we're going to be reviewing Roar and Wright, an Animal Kingdoms game by Galactic Raptors. Uh, Galactic Raptor? Galactic, Galactic Raptor. Raptor Games. Galactic Raptor Game. I don't know why I wanted to say like 18 different things. I don't know I either. Just... As soon as he said by Galactic Raptors, I was like, did some Galactic Raptors yes, just some create this game? Raptors made the game. Yes. Yep. 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 Raptors. For sure. Okay. Well, now that we just botched that, no. Yeah, no, for sure. So, but before that, we'll talk about what we've been playing recently. But before that, aren't we going to talk about why we've been gone? Which, well, if anybody cares, I mean, I suppose well, we could. Did they notice? Yeah, probably not. No. Okay, well then let's skip it. Actually, you know what? I'm pretty sure somebody told me that they were they were like sitting in anticipation near the computer waiting for the next episode. Or by their iPod shuffle. Or by their <laughs> Zoom. Oh, get out of here. God. <laughs> they weren't. Anyway. Well, obviously, I like how you had to add they weren't. <laughs> Maybe they were. Who knows? Anyway, the reason why we were gone is because we were on vacation. We took a family vacation to the Grand Canyon, uh, and that was very, very nice. Another thing we were able to do in addition to that is we were able to meet up with our friend John Haremza from Legends of Tabletop and play some games with him in the hotel lobby, which was pretty fantastic. Um, got to play some oldies but goodies like your Orleans, your Lords of Waterdeep, um, we played, what else did we play? We played Lovecraft Letter, Lovecraft Letter, Lotus, <laughs> what else did we play? Uh, Seven Wonders Architects. Yeah, that's what I was going to say next. What I, else did we play? You kind of led me to oh, it we played. Heard... We played Icky, and I completely, what? is that what it is? Icky? What are you talking about? Isn't that that game that, that John, we played, he taught us and we got, we got smoked on? Jen? Oh, Jen. Never mind. I'm, like, I'm thinking of a different he game. He said icky, and I was like, did you think the game was he, icky? 
Although <laughs> the way I played was icky, that's for sure. Yeah. I no, uh, I that's why I was looking at y'all confused because I was like, I was like, that is actual game. Dude. I was like, did you just call the game icky because yes, you didn't? I did. There's a game called icky. Yes, it is. I K I. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, I know you use the word aki, so <laughs> and yes. so I I and thought maybe I-C-K-Y you were K Y is also a word, but I, I'm not calling it icky. I just that was what I thought we played. I yeah, forgot. no, that's funny. That's why I was looking at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's called Jin, isn't it? Oh, Jin. That's right. Yep. That's right. J I N. And then we played Citrus. Yes, we did. Got my ass handed in that one too. Um, without John, when we were traveling to to meet up with him, we played the love letter version of. The Marvel one, Infinity Gauntlet. Yes, thank you. I literally had no way with words. (laughs) We picked that up along the way, so we played that. Yeah, that was a fun little twist on the Love Letter franchise where you're playing the the heroes versus Thanos. Yeah, so that was a nice little little different thing where you know Thanos has to have the was it the six. Or five. Oh, yeah, five, because it's five gems. One per finger. <laughs> yep. Uh, Unless you have a sixth finger. Well, hey, it's the Marvel then, Universe. There's a lot of... But then you're not playing this game. Yeah. So, yeah, and one player has... One player has to play Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. I always pronounce that wrong. Yeah. Why? I think it, it it's Thanos, up for... Thanos. It's, I think it's in top... It's... <laughs> Up for interpretation. But I think it's Thanos. Yes. But I think I've heard it a bunch of different ways. Yep. So, anyway, one person plays him. Other players play cooperatively, sort of. But they aren't allowed to, like, talk about their moves. You just have to be paying attention to what the other people are playing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can play this two-player, too, which me and Mike actually did the other day. And it still plays pretty good for two-player because... Oh, I didn't know you guys played it. We did. And the the single player that's playing the heroes takes two turns instead of one. Ooh. So I think it it shakes it out very nicely instead of, like, one thing being overpowered. Cool. So, yeah. That's fun cool. to throw out. Yeah, we... Did, did we uh, miss anything that we played? I don't think so. I mean, along, along the way on our trip, we wanted to try to stop and visit some cool board game stores mm-hmm. too i don't know if we wanted to yeah we can talk about that quickly yeah we... yeah we don't have to go into full depth but Mm-mm. i tried to do a little bit of uh research or checking along the way to see where we may encounter or have time to stop at some board game stores so one of our first stops was in omaha nebraska and we ended up stopping in or at one of the two um, stores, game stores. This one was called The Game Shop, right? Mm-hmm. I think they have one in just outside of Omaha in Bellevue also, which is, I think, a suburb of Omaha. Yeah, but and, we And just, and just I'm going to interrupt you just a little bit. It's, it made, you, made it sound like there's only two game stores in Omaha. There's probably more. But... Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! I I meant two two 
game store is called called the game shop. Oh, I get what you're That's saying. That's what I meant. I'm you sorry. Had me confused a little bit. Oh, so sorry, 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 everyone. <laughs> so we stopped at the game shop in Omaha. And that store was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Looking back, we wish we would have spent more time in there. Mm-hmm. And we actually wanted to go back to it on our route back, but we were just too tired. Yeah. We actually thought that on the, our stop back, we would be staying overnight in Omaha and we'd have the opportunity to go back to that store again. Mm-hmm. But forgot that we were staying in Lincoln instead. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, um, that's a great, that was a great place. It had oh my God, it was games awesome. from floor to ceiling. The staff was very friendly and very, you know, just very nice to talk to. We talked to them a bunch of, about a couple of different things. Yeah, just so many games. Like, we could have bought a ton of games. Expansions and games you didn't expect to see there. Small ones, big ones. Some the size of your head. Sorry, it sounds like you were breaking. No, but I mean, like, just like there were card games and like tiny epic games there, you know, to that type of size. And then I think they had every expansion to just for example to Isle of Cats. Yeah. And then they had, I think, Isle of Cats with all the expansions that you could have bought Mm -hmm. all together in one box. They had an area that people were playing games. They had an area with paints that you could buy for miniatures. And I think they even had miniatures that you could buy. Yeah. Just, I mean, it was insane. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's like it's like one of those places that you kind of hope that you'd have in your hometown. Like, we don't have yep, really anything never. here. I mean, there's something that opened up, like, a town near us. So we're hoping that they have a decent selection, but it's not going to be like this place. Yeah. And and I think what was cool about this is it seemed more like it was on the small business side. Because I think, I mean, besides it being in a suburb of Omaha, too, I don't think it spans across the United States or anything like that where it's like a franchise like games by james is yeah or anything like that which is really cool yeah yeah so if you're ever in Ho- omaha nebraska visit the game shop it's a game like you'd spell game but s-h-o-p-p-e game shoppy and then there's another one that we were recommended by our family plays games called spielbound which i think a portion of the profits that you spend or the money that you spend there goes back to some sort of cause. Yeah, certain charities, I think. Yep. And we wanted to go there also. We did not. That would have been one of our stops had we figured out what our itinerary was on the way yeah. back. Yep. And or not been so tired. We would have loved to stop there too because I have a feeling we would have loved that one also. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I think I think they sold games there, but I think they were probably a little bit on the heavier side with more of the cafe style space to play games and stuff and that's okay but i i know they sold games there too yeah yeah and both of those shops in omaha were both recommended by our family plays games so thanks for that for those uh recommendations because the game shop was amazing yep and maybe if we you know go on another trip that finds ourselves and we find ourselves 
you know, in that t- city again, then maybe we'll stop by again. Well, it's really only, what, seven hours away? Yep. Really? Yeah. We could... It's like a day. We could take drive a, there for the day. day, sleep over, mm-hmm. and drive back. For sure. Even though Omaha is boring to drive to. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Omaha and Nebraska. Not really. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Another one that I thought <laughs> may be great um, was a game store in Lincoln, Nebraska. And they had some games in there. <laughs> um, that's where we actually bought the um, Infinity Gauntlet game. Mm-hmm. But I think just overall the experience was kind of like a little bit lackluster. Yeah. I couldn't think of another word. Well, it's be- it's because, you know, that shop was more kind of like what we see in town here. Where, like, there's some games, but there's not a ton. And, you know, like, the guy seemed, the guy that helped us seemed helpful enough. But he was mm-hmm. more interested in his lunch. But but than- he wasn't really helpful. Like, he didn't want to know why we were there. Well, he said he, he said he would help us if we needed help. But he just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that he really cared, though. Yeah. Like, to be honest. No. But yes, again, he was more interested in his lunch. Yeah. And he had to tell us about it. <laughs> so, and yes, not, that was a quick visit. And not just us, but another customer, too. Yeah. That you could tell they were just like, please get me out of here. Yeah, he had to tell us all about this this um, lunch he was going to eat. <laughs> so, we won't really talk about what that store is or anything like that, but we won't ever visit that one again. So we were, needless to say, we were kind of bummed when we came back through Nebraska and found out that I had booked a hotel in Lincoln right where this game store was, because obviously we weren't going to go back there. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that one. On our way to the Grand Canyon, we also, I also did some looking and found a game store that was very high scoring um, on Google or something like that called The Wizard's Chest. Mm-hmm. And that's in Denver, Colorado. And looked at some of the pictures and I thought, really? This one has games and it has costumes and like all of this stuff. So we were going to, I don't know if we were staying in Denver. It doesn't really matter. But we stopped in Denver, I think, for the day we had to get some stuff. We had to get something to eat and whatever we stopped. The outside alone of this place looked like a castle. Was it called the Wizard's Chest? No, it wasn't. The Wizard's Castle? I don't remember. Gosh, now I don't remember. Now I'm going to look it up because I don't remember. It is the Wizard's Chest. Well, there you go. Yep. But the outside of it alone looked kind of like the front of a old-time castle. It was purple, I think. It just, the presentation of that alone was pretty, like, remarkable. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gosh, inside here, like, can it be as cool? And you walk in, and it's two stories. So you walk in, you're on the first level. You can go down stairs, and they have another level. But it's costumes. And, like, there's different stations of stuff. So there's, like, people, gosh, they had, what, 10? 10, 12 people working there at different stations? Yeah, there was, like, 
They had like role playing stuff. They had like a magician. They... Uh, like a guy with the with dice. Yeah. Board just... games. Yeah, it was just a lot of cool stuff there. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you know, get your cosplay outfits. You could get pajamas. You could get role playing books. I mean, they literally did have like everything. everything. Yeah. Yep, and then um, they had like this awesome artwork that was like hand painted so they had like a ramp that you could go down or stairs but either way it was like hand painted it was like this dragon and like this and also scenery like you were kind of walking through like a garden like alice in wonderland-esque sort of when you walk down if you walk down the ramp i don't know it was just like what the heck after we had left that place in nebraska and then gone to this one, I'm like, ah, oh, pat myself on the back. I guess I did some good work finding this one because I was apologizing up and down about <laughs> our other stop. So this one was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. So we, we had a fun time just kind of not only checking out different places in America, but also checking out the game stores too as well. Yep. It was really nice to be able to you know, check everything out and kind of make it an experience instead of just doing this, you know, oh, we're just driving, just going to a gas station, staying the night, whatever, you know. We made yes. it into an experience. Yes. I wish we could have stopped at a few more, but at the same time, I felt like we didn't want to go too out of our way because we were already going to be in the car for 45 hours there and back. So, but that was cool. So that's where we've been. Venturing across the United States. Yep. And now we're home for a while because our wallets won't let us go anywhere else for a bit. <laughs> True. But again, it was a lot of fun, so it was nice to be able to. It was absolutely do that. worth it, and we're talking about doing something like that every other year. Yeah, for sure. So, do we want to talk a little bit about what we've been playing? Just kind of breeze over that, and then get into the. I'm talking about Roaring Right. Okay, so now that we're back and we have had a nice, long, relaxing weekend at home, we got some games to the table. And let's just briefly talk about those and then we can get into talking about Roar and Write. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Roar and Write was one that hit the table again mm-hmm. this weekend. But we also tried to um, play some things that we hadn't played. So first we unboxed Reavers of Midgard. Mm -hmm. And this was probably one of the longer standing games that we had on our shelves. Yeah. Um, Had it all set up. Only to find out that we were missing a component of the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and probably couldn't play it without them because it's well, we could have combat dice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what all the sides of the dice look like. Otherwise, yeah. I was gonna say maybe we could have used other. They're like six, six black combat dice, but yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, what the sides look like. So, uh, we have everything punched out and packed back up again. So we didn't get to play that one at all. That was kind of a bummer. Uh, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, no emotion. Really. No, I was just I was just thinking, like, 
we were talking about what we've been playing recently. We're like, oh, this is one we didn't play. <laughs> well, we, well, it was our yeah, intention. Yeah, 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 for sure. So because we couldn't play Reverse, we ended up um, playing Whistle Stop. Mm-hmm. Is that what that's called? Uh, no, Whistle, Whistle Mountain. St- whist- and I was going to call it Whistle Stop Mountain. So, <laughs> Whistle Mountain. By Bezier Games. And this one actually is interesting because we bought this one quite a while ago also. Yeah, for sure. And I think this one was purchased maybe thinking it was another game. Yeah, I think you wanted to buy Whistle Stop and then you were like, I bought a game and it's I've heard about it. And I'm like, are you talking about Whistle Stop? And you're like, I this is Whistle Mountain. Yeah, like, okay. I don't even know that I've heard of Whistle Stop. <laughs> so, okay. anyway, uh, do I have a problem? Probably. <laughs> anyway, so, Miss Missile. <laughs> Missile Mountain. Okay, now this game has a totally different name. Uh, Whistle Mountain. Whistle Mountain? Is that what it's called? Yes. God bless America. Um, okay. So, Whistle Mountain. Hit the table. Boy, this game, lots to think about. Yeah, holy smokes. It's coming from all directions. Very, very brief overview. You're basically trying to get your meeples. Kind of, I don't know if they have another name for them. Workers? No, they're not really workers. Yeah, they're... No, I think they are your workers. Though. Anyway, you're trying to get them to um, move over to the other side of the board so that they don't get swept away in a whirlpool as you're building, you're basically taking polyomino pieces, which are called scaffolding. scaffolding. Yep. And you're building those on this board. And once you build that scaffolding, as long as it lines up correctly, you can use resources to purchase certain types of machines small medium large and then those machines will help you acquire more resources and other types of victory points or and or rewards depending on what kind of or what the machine does and you place those on top of the scaffolding and once you hit a certain point because there's like a bridge on the the game board once you get above that with the machine then the water Starts going up. So it's kind of a cool concept of the game because you um, you actually move the water up on the game board. Yeah, it's like it's like forcing you to take turns to finish the game instead of just, just you know, putting pieces out and, like, prolonging the game too long. And then trying to score, like, a ton of points yes. and whatever. And sometimes your meeples will, may get stuck in a certain part because they'll never end up moving and... So as you're building these machines past the bridge point, the water keeps moving up and eventually your your meeples can get swept away in the whirlpool. And in order to rescue them, you have to pay two gold resources to to rescue them. And so really you're trying to get the most victory points by building machines, collecting resources, um, collecting awards. You have, you can put different, uh, I can't remember what those things are called, but there's like different. What do they look like? What are you like different cogs that you put on your player board? Oh, your, um, board to, your uh, upgrades. Yeah, your upgrades. 
Yep. So you can do more during the game, but you also get points for those as yeah, well. Yeah, like it helps you enhance the gameplay. Yeah, there's certain cards that you can get too. I mean, it, it's all over the place Yeah, on what you can do and you kind of can go around the board. I mean, we're not going to get into details because you like move these, your air machines air machines around to to do certain actions or collect stuff and i mean there's a lot going on totally not what i expected for the game but also because i didn't know what the game was <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but i like it yeah i do too it's, i really do i think it's one of those that you have to play a couple of times so you can get yourself used to how many things are on the board because there's just a lot of different aspects of the game where like, you know, some of your special abilities that you'll have with those upgrades or whatever, you have to really focus on, okay. Well, you kept forgetting yours. Yeah. Mine was like, every time I build the scaffolding, I get any resource of my choosing. And I'm like, there's just so much other things I'm thinking of. I'm like, I can't think of this one. And I'm like, every time. But then of course, after my turn was over, I'm like, crap, I should have done that. But. Yeah, and I only had one upgrade, and mine was that the water resource was wild. So mm-hmm. mine was easy to remember because I'm always like, oh, you know, then I can use that. So that was really good, but it was a good game. I'd like to play it again just to see. I think, again, going back to how the water moves up was really cool because they have, like, these two almost ladder-type things on the sides with pieces of... What would you call it? Like strips? Yeah, like strips of cardboard, basically. Yep, and they hook into these ladders, and then as the water goes up, you pick one up and you move it up, so then you see the water flowing up. It's pretty, it's like an interesting concept, because it, it's like the water sweeping over the game board. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like so fancy or anything like that, but it's a cool concept. Yeah, it's a cool mechanism. Yeah, and I think I've never seen that before. Yeah. So that's Whistle Mountain. Yeah. Check that game out. What else did we play? Can't remember. Don't remember at all. Oh, Seven Wonders Architects. Because we always play that game. Yeah. Logan's kind of getting into uh, being really picky about games that he plays. Yep. But this one, we introduced him to this game when we were in Arizona. We introduced him to this game, and he seemed to like it. And so we wanted him to hang out with us this weekend. And so we played a game of Seven Wonders Architects. Awesome. So we don't need to talk about that one again because I think we've talked about this on the show before. Yep, we have. So we did that. And then we played tons of games of Roar and Right. We did. So that is a good segue yeah. into this episode. All right. So let's get into Roar and Right. So I will read the story of Roar and Right. Oh, man. Here he goes, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the Animal Kingdom Selection Council has convened to choose their new ruler, and it's up to you to appease the five council members in order to win that title. The catch... Each council member The catch. Each council member prefers different offerings, so you must choose wisely as you can only appeal to one of them each age. Can you impress the selection council enough so they choose you over all competing candidates? 
I can. Okay. So. Yes. Warren Wright by Carla Kopp. And Galactic Raptors games. Is it Raptor? <laughs> ah, or? you got on me because of it, and you didn't get it right. Galactic well, Rapper game. Ra- it's Galactic, Galactic Ra- Rapper. Waka waka. <laughs> Galactic Rapper. Well, but you didn't say games at the end. That's where I was picking Galactic up. Raptor games. Yes. yes. Designed by Carla Kopp. Illustration by Katie Grierson. Graphic design by John Merchant and Danny Devine. <laughs> I'm glaring at him. You are. You are. All right. So, Roar and Wright, an Animal Kingdom's game, is played over five ages in which you are rolling six dice three times per age. And you're selecting your dice to make offerings to members of the council. But you're also using those to put different uh values within the kingdoms on your uh on your sheets as well not only are you doing that you also have two different personal agendas that you'll be able to fill out during the game one of them is a single die um agenda the other is pairs of certain numbers like one and six or two and five or three and four etc etc so when he references agendas, he means like bonus points that come with it. Yes. At the end of the game. So based on whether you play those numbers or those pairings at on your board, not on your board, on, on your, your paper. Yep. By the end of the game, then you score a certain number of bonus points for that select number or those pairs. Yep. So as you're taking a turn, you're rolling those six dice. Every but every person is taking the values of what's on those dice and using them for their paper to write down whatever they would like as far as the council offerings and what goes on the kingdoms. You don't. It's not one of those where like you you pick a couple and another picks a couple or whatever. It's everybody gets to share the dice. As you're doing it, you put. The as far as the council offerings, there's six spots. You fill those in. You can fill as many as you want to in at one point. You also get to take one of the di- one of the unused dice that you've used for the council offerings, and you can put one into your kingdom for free, basically. But if you want to put multiple um, other die that have not been used for council offerings onto your kingdoms, you can actually put a X through that council offering and you can put another value in the kingdom itself. The only downside to that is you're not getting any points in the council offering then for doing so. So can you explain the council offerings? Sure. So that they know not in the roar and right land, like what the equivalent would be and how you know which, which, dice you're going to be placing in there do you know what i'm saying yeah so what okay. you're doing is basically is you're you're doing you're trying to do this to make offerings to the council members that you have so at the beginning of the game you're putting out five different council members out in front of everybody depending upon what however um a difficulty you want so there's like ed ed there's easy medium and hard 
Um, and it actually has um, examples in the book, but you can also kind of do your own thing if you'd like. And every different council member has something different. Like one of them will be like a set of four. So like the set of four is like four fours, four fives, etc. One of them would be like even triples. So if you're going to do even triples, because there's six spots, you can only have two even triples. So you would have like three twos and three fours. Uh, another one would be like... Only, um, only odds, right? Yeah, only odds. Another one would be like add to five. So it's like if, if you had like a, a, a dice that had five or like a two and a three or a one and a four. Except with that one, you get more points if you put all fives in there versus a two and a three because then the table on the bottom, if you, let's say, only had, how do I want to explain that? If you only had one five and a two and a three and a two and a three, then you're only counting as one offering of five, one of the twos and threes is an offering of a five, and another two and a three is an offering of a five. So you only have three, so then you'd have to look at the the table on the card, mm -hmm. and you'd only get whatever that um, the three offerings offers for points. Yeah, so it's Versus like, you filled up five dice. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like it's, that's you know, a, th a thing that's very common for most of these cards. Like, if you had a single die that was a prerequisite to filling those cards, of course, if you get six of them, you get more points. So it just depends mm -hmm. upon what, what the point system is on the card and what you're going for. And I, I only brought that up because I knew that hung up Logan when we were playing it because he's like, well, how come I don't get X number of points? Well, that's because <laughs> you used you know, two threes to get a count of six instead of, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And a another thing with, you know, writing down those values in each age for the council um, appeasement or whatever, if you, depending upon which role between the three roles in each age that you fill those council offerings, you would get a special bonus uh, amount of points for that filling out uh, filling it out for that role so like if you if you uh got the early appeasement in the first role which is very lucky and sometimes <laughs> sometimes a little impossible but not all the time i don't think i ever got that yeah i think i got it once hmm. when we played at least and if you get it within the first roll of the six dice you actually get four bonus points if you do it in the second round you get two bonus points if you do it in the third you get nothing as far as a bonus goes. Yep. Once you, once everybody has filled out their council offerings for that age, if there are some people that still need to roll, you continue to do that, and the other people can fill out their council offerings where if you've already finished, you can actually put one of those free dice in your kingdom to put in that, that uh, value in the kingdoms. You can do that. And once all the three rolls are done, then you're going to be counting up your um, amount for the age. So let's talk about the putting your dice in the kingdom. Because yes. I don't think you talked about that. Uh, I did. I just didn't go into depth. Okay. So, let's so, do that. so we don't need to go into depth on it. But there's a section on the, the paper where you're doing the writing. 
and it has um, different, it's divided into what, six sections or something like that. And there's certain areas where you're trying to do the highest to lowest of dice or lowest to highest. And you have to do in that order. So if you're doing from lowest to highest, you have to start with the lowest die. And let's say you start with a one. The next one you place in that order has to be in succession. So it has to be a two. You can't place a three in in between and try to fill in the blanks. You know what I mean? You have to go in in order. But if you want to put a different die up into one of the other sections first, you can certainly do that. There's like um, also a, like a miscellaneous section where you can just put whatever you want there and you could score points if you fill up that. There's one where I think it's like equal to 14 or something. All these dice have to equal to 14. What else? One section where all the numbers in that section have to be the same. Did I get all of them? You did. I think and so. And it's actually five sections. There's five. Six. Okay. Yep. I couldn't remember exactly. But once you fill up those sections, if you do, you just circle them so that you know you can keep track and carry those scores down to your um, your totals when you're figuring your totals at the end of the game. Yep. Yep. So as we're trying to calculate the amount of points we get per age, you take the early appeasement amount depending upon if you got it, if you got any points or not, you add it to what you're going to do as far as who you're going to try to appease on the council. So it has a spot for the re- the representation letter. So you pick which letter on which council member you're going to try to appease. You look to see how much you're going to score for that. You wrote it, you write it under the round prestige. You add the early appeasement and the round prestige together. And that's what you have for the total. You'll do that continuing on for five ages also doing an ongoing total as you go and then once you get to the end you're actually going to be scoring uh depending upon a few certain things so you're going to take your ongoing total you're also going to be adding your uh personal goals which is your unique number uh like on this one i'm just kind of looking at one of the pads of paper just to kind of do an example like this one is threes So depending upon however many threes you get, you get so many points. It goes from one to seven. Uh, You look at your pairs. This one says ones and fours. Depending upon however many you get, you would get anywhere from one to seven points there. You would add add the unique number and pairs for your score there. And then you're actually scoring representation letters. So for this one, depending upon how many different council members that you've appeased during that game you would get more points you can as an option appease the same council member more than once but sometimes it makes more sense for you to get more points here to be able to appease multiple council members and not just the same and sometimes it doesn't always pan out yes so sometimes you could be going for one or you could be going for one of them, but it works for more than one. And then the next roll kind of hoses it up. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I guess I'm going to appease that person again. Yeah. And it, it just works out that way. Yeah. And it um, makes sense for a roll and right. Cause uh, you know, it's not yep. always going to come perfect. Oh, right. It's the luck of the roll. That's right. And so for that, you're going to be scoring from anywhere from one to 15 points there. 
Another thing you'll be adding is your kingdom totals. So like Tracy said before, once you've completed certain spots in these kingdoms, you'll circle the amount. You'll add those totals, put them there, and then you're gonna add everything together. You've got your ongoing total, your unique pairs, representation layers, kingdoms, total all together. Whoever has the most points wins the game. Yep. And that's roaring right. Yep, and like Kurt alluded to, you can pick different levels. So you can decide how um, nov novice versus expert you want to play. And you can kind of intermingle all those types of um, council members as you're playing. So the harder you get, you could be playing a council member that makes you sum up your total of your dice to score points. Or... I'm trying to think of what the octopus one does. I thought that one was kind of fun too. And I think that was, or no, was that on the expansion? Uh, that was on the expansion, which we oh, can see, actually. I'm commingling now. We could actually talk about it here but, in a few. But either way, there's room for flexibility. So it's not just all like standard across the board. There's easier, medium, and hard, like you talked about. Yeah, exactly. And just like. Tracy just alluded to, we actually were able to get the expansion for Roar and Wright that's called Deep Dive. And in this one, you are trying to appease council members, but it also adds deep sea animals to it, like the octopus and the seahorse. Um, the one, or actually, I'll, go, I'll talk about that in a second. So to play the uh, Deep Dive expansion, it's very similar to the regular Roar and Wright game. The only difference is that is that the kingdoms are the kingdoms are different in the deep dive where you've got certain areas that you need to fill out um, and you'll get certain points there just like in the uh, in the original game. But in this one, what you're doing is there's already numbers that are added onto the board here, one through six. And if you want to add a die to the kingdom, it has to be um, either an addition to one of the numbers there or lower than one of the uh, numbers that are actually on your uh, piece of paper. And it doesn't matter if there's multiple numbers there, you can actually put one that's higher or lower than one. So like, say there's a six and a five together that's attached to a um, spot where you could put a number, you could actually put a, well, in this case, actually that way you could only put a four there. Oh no, you could put a four or a five, I'm sorry. Yep. So this, then this one looks a little bit different. Well, not a little bit different. This one looks totally different because it's like a cluster of hexagons um, that are different colors. So if you complete a whole section of one color, but they're scattered, so they don't make it easy on this, then it's depending on the color, it's worth a certain number of points. If you complete that, then just circle the color that you completed. Um, but like I said, it's just kind of a, kind of looks like a beehive of mm -hmm. cluster of colors that you, you can place your, your dice or your number anywhere you want. Mm -hmm. For sure. Uh, depending upon if you can fulfill that yes. number or whatever. And then like Tracy said, as far as like the other, um, animals go that you're be able to appease to like uh the octopus one is like you go from big to small or small to big thank you so each time you put something in it has to be either bigger than the last one you put in or smaller than the last one you put in there so it gives it a little bit more of a variety um, variety yep so and then uh the seahorse is actually one where 
you have you get points for if you have uh, numbers in your council offering that do not match up to your personal goals. Yes. So it's cool that it just you know it gives a little bit more of an option. Both games play very similar to where like everything else for the deep dive is very similar or similar to the other one. Just the kingdom is what's different, but it still allows for a little bit different of gameplay and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I think, I think what's cool too is the fact that you're handing out these sheets and you never know what your, your personal goals are going to be because they're they're Yeah. They're scattered throughout the sheets. So I could have a, a personal goal with the, the number three and pairs of four and six or something like that, where Kirk could have a, personal goal of two and the one and the three could be his pairs or something like that. Yeah. So it's not like everybody has the same thing. No. It's one of those things where like every time we played, you know, every, you know, it's a similar game, but I didn't, I didn't feel bored by it. You know, I didn't feel like, Oh, now, you know, now I can't do this or whatever. Like, I feel like there's a good, it has good balance. So before I get too much into talking about, yeah, I was like, you're gonna review it already. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's yeah, get into goof. let's get into our rating scale, the MFG cast rating system. So the first one we have is Collection Keeper. It's one of those that we want to play most, if not all, the time. It's one that we recommend that everybody have in their collection because it's just a good, a good game to have. Uh, the next one we have is the Fair Player. We'll actually get a good amount of play out of this game. It just might be one we don't play all the time. The next one is Overlooked. It would be one that we play every once in a while, but we'd probably play other stuff instead. And then lastly is the Unfortunate Passer. It's just not our kind of game. So let's get into what we think about Warren Wright, an Animal Kingdoms game. Tracy, what do you think about this game? I don't know why sometimes when I review these, I feel like I'm in between two. (laughs) And I'm in between the collection keeper and the fair player, meaning that can I have it be a collection keeper point five? Nope. Why? You've asked that before, and I said that it's not a thing you do. Nope. I've never <laughs> added point five at the end. No, you've always asked. I don't know. I want an in between <laughs> because I really like roll and rights, and we played the toots out of this game. Yeah, for sure. Like lots and lots, probably because you wanted to see when was your turn to beat me. Sorry, I just had to jab you on that one. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> He's so mad at me right I now. I guess we'll never play this again. Wow. Anyway, I really like Rollin' Rights, and this one didn't disappoint me. So I'm not going to give you an answer on whether it's a collection keeper or a fair player because I feel like it could be a collection keeper and. For a period of time, we could bring it to the table consistently. And then it could um, sit maybe for a bit and be a fair player when we need a filler. And then I could see us bringing it back to the table and playing, 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 playing. And then have it sit back a little bit and play it. And then, you know what I mean? It's like a chain reaction and it just keeps going on and on. Anyway, I like it because I think it's a little bit different than other Roland Wrights that we've played before. 
I appreciate the different variability with the different types of levels of gameplay and adding the different council members to be able to add the differences in how you want to play. But the, the different levels of play will be nice for people who maybe don't want to think that hard or are newer to a game or potentially a roll and write. And then I think that the expansion also adds for that variability with the different kingdom opportunities above and um, the additional characters also. So I think that, I think it's a great game. I'm trying to think of what I would have missed. I don't know. I, I think it's easy to learn. I guess the maybe the only feedback I have, and it's minimal and not really a big deal, would be I had a hard time reading the dice. For me, I'm still trying to get used to it just because there's there's so I understand the swirls and stuff on the dice for making it look more like jungly, but it it's hard to catch the numbers. But I mean, it wouldn't stop me from recommending this game to somebody else. Off to you. Okay. I know how to make decisions, so I decided to call it a fair player. Oh, shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, Mine was legit, though, wasn't it? So legit. So legit. Shut up. <laughs> God. No, I... This podcast just broke up. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think this is... When, when it comes to rolling rights... If you like Roland Wrights, you're going to love this game. I mean, there's no, like, ifs, ands, or buts about it, really. Um, I can see about the whole, like, not reading the dice. Like, I had a problem at first kind of reading them, but then I think once I got used to it, I it didn't affect me as much. I know it affected you and Logan quite a bit, especially with the ones, because the ones had the little animal in the middle and the one off to the side, so it was kind of confusing at first. Well, and in my head, I just had to go... The blobs. <laughs> because, the blobs. well, and I felt bad, but I was like, the blobs mean that it's a one. But I don't know. For some reason, those those swirls throw me for a loop, and it's probably just my eyes or something. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it was throwing me. Yeah. I get the point of them. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. But I think, you know, the art is well done. The mechanics of the roll and write are super superb you know i it's one of those like you know i could play it a million times and not really get sick of it like i love i love that it's got the expansion to kind of update the kingdoms and add a couple of different more council members to kind of give that a little bit more flash i like that the council member cards are double-sided so for the most part on the other side is a different a uh, uh, different, uh, I'm trying to think, a goal to um, finish up or whatever or to try to get at. So I feel like, you know, the way it's set up, again, if you love a roll and write, it's going to be up your alley. I didn't have any problem. I really, you know, didn't have any problems with it at all. You know, there's not, there's nothing that I, you know, when we played this game, there was nothing I said, you know what, There's this could be different, you know. I really, you know, especially as, as far as like the mechanics go or the art goes or the trying to learn the game or trying to teach the game. Like, 
I mean, no, I, you were only mad at me when you were teaching me the game because I kept asking questions ahead of time. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, why he I got that. so mad at me. I don't know why I do that. That was really. You bad got really mad. It's like quit asking questions. I'm getting to it. <laughs> he did. He did. And I was like, I guess I'm not allowed yeah. to jump ahead at all. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't teach games. Maybe I should just play them and just yeah. Have fun. Do not let him teach you a game. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I guess, I'm just kidding, but he was no. like, he was like burning a hole in my face every time. He was like, just wait, I'm getting to it. I, th- I think that's, I think that was the thing is the questions you were going to come up with was literally the next thing I was going to get into. So I was maybe like, that's because, I don't know. I'm thinking like a, what does that mean for me? What does that mean? I don't like, know. why do I do that? I don't know. Maybe like be... I'm just so excited. I just want to know. Yeah. Like, get to it. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Yeah, there's no reason. Maybe it's just me. There's no reason for me to be mad at that. It's just yeah. I just wanted to get through it so we could play. So that's oh, he was why. really mad. At I me. wasn't that mad. Jeez. He wow. was. I'm... He kicked me out of the house. Hey, guess what? Just I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He was hulking. All, right. all right. Enough of that. Just let's get <laughs> let's get back to actually talking about this. So that is our that is our review of Roar and Right. Roar and Right. Hey, if you want Galactic if you want me Raptor to do that games. for you, I can do that for you, Carla. Um, Roar and Right. Nice. Um, thank you to Galactic Rapper Games. For... Whoa! Say that again. Shut up. No, you. Now I'm really mad. You... Thank you, you to Galactic <laughs> Raptor Games. You knew you you went. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you to Carla Cop for making another phenomenal <laughs> game, and thank you for listening. And until next time, I'm Kurt. And thank you, Kurt. I'm Tracy. And this was the MFG Cast. Thank you for listening. You already said that. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Did you already say that? I don't know. Oh. Bye. <laughs> I was going to keep recording you laughing. Make everybody uncomfortable. <laughs> this podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.